This is Simon Transparently Awakening the heart of humanity As we see beyond the lies And open our eyes to realize This is our time to rise So here we are with another Simon Transparently Welcome everyone Whether you're listening on the podcast Or watching this video On the, you know, the video platforms out there Today I'm with a friend I'm always with a friend Because every time I sit with somebody They've become friends in some way or another this is Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Simon. And we met in Bali, and we've had a number of conversations, and we've been exploring and playing, and we've, we've grown our, our bond of love. Would you call it that? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when, I think when we first spoke, you was very intriguing to me, and had this attraction, and you was like telling me a few things about your life, and I was like, ah, that would be a good a good story to share a little bit with the world. Hmm. And so I think, depending on how you feel right now, like what you, what, what's alive in you that you might want to share, one of the themes of this, as I told you a moment ago, of Simon Transparently is like this idea of awakening the heart of humanity, you know, speaking our truth, expressing ourselves, owning our stories and owning who we are and how we want to show up in the world. And I feel that that's very much what you've been uh, stepping into for the last few years that you've told me. So I, I think one thing that, if you're happy to sort of give a little backstory, that one thing that I found super inspiring was how you pulled yourself, let's say, not pulled yourself, but moved yourself out of, you know, the corporate world in America and just followed a, the call of your heart. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So is that cool? Can we start there? Absolutely. And then we'll weave? Yeah. So, yeah, and I like how you're speaking to um, awakening the heart uh, because that was very much, I feel like, what happened on my journey. It was, I'd been in this career for about 14 years and at least half of those I was thinking, what am I doing here? And why am I working at the IMF, you know, the International Monetary Fund? I'm not an economist. I don't really find this line of work interesting, mm -hmm. uh, but I love the community there. And for me, it was about like loving the community that I was in, even at the same time, not really resonating with what is this organization about, uh, you know, beyond kind of being able to give the kind of like sound bite that pro probably anyone else would understand the IMF better than I working there. Uh, but for me, it was really about engaging with that community and like showing up and loving and contributing to that community. But at a certain point, there, I realized you know, who I am and what my values are to continue to kind of be in a system that's constrictive and in different ways kind of suffocating to the soul, at least for me on my journey. I'm not saying that that is the, you know, people can have a career like that and it can be very nourishing. But for me, it felt like this was a path where I was having really rich experiences and gaining tools, but at the same time also learning what are some of the big systemic problems, what are some of the issues that we're facing as humanity within this kind of microcosm of this organization. So seeing how there was kind of a ceiling to how you could develop or contribute within a hierarchy and a bureaucracy, how frustrating it was to have your voice limited, how you have to adhere to these schedules and Missing sunrise and sunset because you're 
having these task lists and these objectives and all of this kind of busy mind work. Mm -hmm. uh, and at a certain point, I had started opening up doors in my personal life, which were increasingly juicy and intriguing. And it was like I was standing at the threshold of a time in my life where I could see the value of it, I could see the benefit, I loved the kind of stability and security, you know, being surrounded by really smart people from all around the world. I was really appreciating, you know, that journey that I'd been on. And then I was also standing and saying, you know, I'm feeling pulled in this new direction. And it started with discovering retreat centers within the US. I went to the Omega Institute and the minute I arrived there, it was like, just having eye contact with, with people and seeing these big, bright smiles, I immediately was like, where am I? You know, just that such a place existed was like right. this, this, I felt this expansion inside of me and, you know, the Ram Dass library and we're fully in nature and this amazing, like organic, you know, vegetarian food and um, workshops on all kinds of things and wellness and spirituality. It was like all my favorite things in one place. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And so then I set out on this little quest to explore the other retreat centers and communities. And I realized that for me, it was really answering this call of my soul in so many ways, a call for more connection, more community, more people who had kind of the same interests as me and vision, you know, who, had, who were accessing this deeper part of themselves and this heart-centered connection. Uh, so then I started, I went to the Kripalu Institute and Esalen and Big Sur uh, and Kalani in Hawaii and different, different communities within the U.S. Uh, just to kind of feel like, what's the field in these different places? And you were researching. Yes, researching, yes. then expanded that globally and uh, loved that I could travel different places alone and, and not be alone for more than a few minutes. And I could do my own thing or I could connect with people. And it was a very liberating way to experience travel as well. I'd, before that, I'd wanted to travel, but, you know, waiting till friends could align, you know, schedules and finances and all of that had been kind of a frustration. And I found that I felt very liberated by being able to access this right. bigger community. And this, this, this sort of new dimension opening. Yeah. Right? That, so, so before that, before I asked you something, I was just going into, so you're, you're working, during that time of working for 14 years with the company, mm -hmm. there were moments where you were curious, you were reading books, because you said that when you went to that retreat, this was all the things you loved. Were, did it yeah. start with like reading some books or some friends and, and the curiosity, but then going to work, was you working five or six days a week? Five days. Five days a week, and then what, yeah. the weekends were just, you know, relax, chill out or whatever, go out, but you, or was you still embodying some of these, um, this curiosity yeah. at the weekends. Definitely. Because just yeah. when, when people are listening, I know there's many people in the corporate world. And again, I don't want to be like them and us, you know, nobody should be in the corporate world. I think business, and I, I, I know you do, I think that business is a great tool. And it, depending on the level of consciousness and the awareness that we have within that, we have the capacity to really make a difference in the mm -hmm. world, right? I, I, I Do you agree with that? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and, I, and that's yeah. some of the conversations we've had. So... Yeah, I'm just wondering how that, you know, how that tr transition took space. And, and were you always courageous? Because when somebody's listening, they're like, wow, you know, Suzanne, she's courageous. You know, you can see that she's confident. She can just do this. But they, I'm sure there were moments of despair and moments of, you know, can I really do this? Am I crazy? She, you know, and so oh, on. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, I'm so glad you asked that question because it's actually, I would say one of the things I've identified with most in my life was and, you know, when I was younger, anxiety and fear and being fearful. 
And so now living this journey, it's, it's funny when people will say to me, you're so brave. I'm like, me? You know, <laughs> it was almost every step of the way after actually making the decision to leave my job, which was a process in itself, I had all kinds of doubt and would wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, what have I done? You know, that kind of, you wake up in the morning and it all comes back. Like, did I, did I really do this? And am I crazy for sure? And, you know, where we're at now, I, I look back and I, I see how there was just this divine guidance throughout it all. But certainly yes. there were so many moments when, and people around me are saying, you know, do the safe thing. You got to have another, you got to have another job lined up. You can't just leave your job. You can't just go do, you know. All these, you know, voices around me and inside of me. You know, there's a, a lot of fear. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really great point, isn't it? That whenever we take that step out of our comfort zone, often it can be people that love us and care for us and friends of us that 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 their comfort zone is challenged by you breaking your comfort zone, and they're like, "No, don't do that, don't do that." And it sort of yeah. can be sometimes our own doubt, and and other times other people's fear of that potential themselves and it's like it's such a that's what I mean by courage I think that's when we need courage because that's when we have to decipher like you know the pull of the heart is that we we know that little voice something is you know calling us forth you know as many people have said and and yet at the same time it feels that I'm, I'm getting tingles as always it feels like the doubt but also that old life wants to hold on, right? And it wants yeah. to go, how much do you, how well do you want this? How much do you really want this? And there's a gravitational pull to that. Cause exactly. I would notice that once I got out of that gravitational pull, like my mind would open up and I would suddenly be able to feel the freedom that I knew I hadn't been able to access in the same way. And that when you're within a system, it can be very difficult to kind of rise above or expand beyond. There's a lot of forces that are pressing on you, exactly. you know, in within systems, within communities, within geographic areas. There's a lot of energies that are there. And, you know, getting outside of that kind of opens up to other viewpoints. And I notice that quite a bit in my experience. Right. And then and then when you step into those that exploration, I mean, it sounds like as well, you you because you were working at the same time as going to the retreat centers, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, working and then finding a space to go and do that. Is, was you going for like weekends or was you taking just extended leave and going, I need to go away for a week? <laughs> well, yeah, I was doing it on weekends. You know, I had over the years, you know, I would do like a meditation program here. I was reading books. I was going to like, there was weekly groups in the area that would kind of get together and talk about interesting things. I always had these kind of metaphysical, spiritual, you know, just expansive interest, you know, interest in kind of what could be, what's possible, um, you know, what's the kind of, what's the mo- the biggest possibility, what's the best possibility for us, or like, what's right. the edge of our experience, what's cutting edge, so I'd always kind of had that going on, uh, and then increasingly I was taking longer trips to explore this, and before I actually left my job, I took a six-month period where I used up all of my vacation time, and went on a like a six month journey to Thailand, Bali, Europe, and really planned out and kind of dived into all the experiences that that I wanted to go to retreats, festivals, workshops, all of it. Just kind of said yes to everything I'd been curious about and like completely you know indulge these these interests and these yeah. curiosities and this different lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. it was like I'd been immersed. I knew that world that I'd been in the corporate world. And something was calling me to, I realized it was a call to become, it was who I needed to become in the process. It wasn't even so much about like pushing this away. It was like, I need to go on this exploration and invest in myself. All that time and energy that I'd been 
kind of putting into someone else's creation, yeah. Yeah. you know, like a very big, complex system. I wanted to take that and put it into myself, invest that in myself and see what's possible there mm -hmm. if I really go down this path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it was really no turning back. Because I, I, yeah. I, I remember, as you're talking, I remember one story over lunch. You said to me, there was a moment where you went back into the office, but you had this sort of changed clothes. Yeah. There was a sort of shine about you. And then at first you was a bit apprehensive, like, and even the way people were engaging with you. But if I, if I remember right, you said there was also like little intrigue from some people like, yeah. where have you been? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Oh, that's, oh, that sounds amazing. Or yeah. like, they might even like to do it. Like, yeah, very much. It was, it was interesting to come back in and it was, it was like, there's a kind of narrative within a any culture, like there's the kind of the way that they speak about the group and the, the culture and kind of hearing that. And, the, you know, there, to some degree, there's a certain disempowerment within that culture because you're part of just such a big system that can be frustrating and difficult when you're within it. So it was feeling the kind of contraction to kind of go back in there would require sacrificing some of the gains that I had made as far as empowerment and mm -hmm coming into myself and, and really realizing what freedom feels like and looks like and what's really possible. And to go back into that environment was requiring a certain contraction. And yes, when I would be speaking with colleagues, there was a lot of interest, you know, in some ways it was like, wow, you're living a movie. Like, is this possible? It was the thing that many people really want to do. Right. There's this, there's a burn yeah. inside. And for various reasons and, and very legitimate reasons, they have families, they have children, they have mortgages. And I happen to be in a, you know, a situation that lent itself. I'm, I'm not married. I don't have children. I, I hadn't acquired those things on my journey that weighed me down. Right. Yeah. Perhaps because this is my journey is yeah. to explore this. So. And not to just say that that's somebody who has those, it's such a weight and it's a burden and that's not a beautiful thing because as we know, like yeah. you mentioned earlier, if people want that and they're really in it and committed to it, then even I've seen people do this with mm. four or five children. Yes. The, what, Actually, what? a colleague of mine, yeah, right, okay, he, he, yeah. he didn't go on the same journey, but he, within this system, he found an opportunity in a, across the world and moved his family exactly. and, you know, did this very kind of brave uprooting and exactly. relocating to, to meet that, that desire that he was having yeah. for a new experience, an expanded experience. Right, and, I, and yeah. I think that's a really beautiful point because often, and maybe even people listening, sometimes as soon as we hear the thing like, oh yeah, I've got a mortgage, or oh yeah, I've got children, or, or something that sort of enhances that part of us that doesn't want to move or hold us there, mm. it can then justify, that's the reason, oh yeah, see... Susan didn't have any of yeah. that stuff. I do, you know, it's easier yeah. for them. And actually that's not the case because it's all about will, right? It's all about listening to that voice, diving into the deep end and then trusting the synchronous and serendipitous mm. moments that then unfold, yes. right? Isn't it? So, so mm. Okay, so okay, so what's al what's alive in you now in terms of like what what would you like to yeah what would you like to offer and share from that place of where we're going because I know that you know I know that you're a, a systems thinker and you're a big thinker you know it's one of the things I've been super inspired by you you know the way that you even when we met you're like oh, I'm I'm seeing how you know this, the the communities here is working and you have such a a, a passion actually for community and a passion for new systems right would, would that be right in mm. saying that i know you told me you love also well do you have a fetish for spreadsheets and other <laughs> stuff <laughs> but yeah what's what, what's yeah. allowing you in terms of of what what have you picked up then from these last two years and where where now is the heart leading you 
Yeah, that might mm. be. That's nice. What is that spark? Yeah, well, it's interesting even thinking back because where I was two years ago, where I was one year ago, it's been a there's been a lot of change in that process, you know, where I kind of thought I was going at the beginning, you know, it's been this very flowing path because the micro and the macro have such an interesting relationship. You know, even as I'm having big ideas and big visions about what society might look like, what does this new paradigm look like? I'm having my own journey that's very personal and it's unfolding and there's my healing and there's my expansion and the ways that I'm deepening my relationship to myself and the people around me, which is, you know, completely related to what's happening with the collective and what my visions are. Like I'm kind of thinking out here and my life is happening right here. So along this way, you know, I've had a lot of changes and insights and, you know, different people have come through my life and I've been in different places in the world. And sometimes I've spent a lot of time alone, just, you know, like I spent probably a month in Lisbon, just kind of wandering the streets and really spending time in reflection and more solitude. And then I've spent time in places like Kopangan in Thailand, which is just such a sweet community and really connected to the, the land, the island there, the beaches, and just a lot of community connection and dance and celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now being in Bali uh, and being at this time of kind of this global crisis unfolding, has been an entirely new place unfolding. Um, and so I think the way that I, I see it all kind of coming together is that I have this background, which is very much in systems and efficiency and process improvement, and at the same time around community. And I kind of see these two sides of me, which are part of me loves to th- see things organized and streamlined and efficient. And then the other part of me really wants to kind of flow and you know, bring out the joy in a group and everyone to feel nurtured and safe and expansive. And, finding out how do those two come together. And I, and I know from my experience running an innovation lab, like facilitating workshops around creativity, that structure is a really interesting thing. You know, too much structure can be very oppressive and constrictive and really weigh people down. But at the same time, if you have like no structure at all, right. it can be hard to act, harder to access something. So right. like having a light structure can be super supportive of actually expanding, right. you know, creativity and helping people angle their perception in a certain way where they'll have ideas they might never have had otherwise. If you say, hey, think about the intersection of this group of people and this kind of enabling solution, you'll spark ideas that are, are you know, just fascinating. You can really kind of prol- proliferate ideas with the right amount of structure. Right. So taking that to the level of, um, you know, society or culture, you know, it's been interesting being here in Bali, which is a smaller island, a smaller community during you know, what's been happening and to kind of see what is the, be exploring and researching, what is the impact going to be of a global crisis? You know, what happens with food supplies and supply chains? You know, how do, how do people get their needs met? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was something that really came alive in me because it was like this background. Uh, it kind of combined these two parts of me where it's like, how do I <clears throat> bring, you know, the skills that I have professionally in this way of looking at issues and and also this love of community to this place now where there's a need right in front of my face um right here in this community here even as we're all part of this kind of larger dialogue as well um so that's been you know kind of an ongoing inquiry and seeing how different places in the world are handling this differently and you know part of my mind is always looking at what is this sort of utopia of the future you know i think we all always start with this beautiful vision mm. of 
and then we work towards that. Like how close can we get to this sort of ideal that we might have in our minds? Um, and for me, that has a lot to do with setting up, you know, like Charles Eisenstein, I know you, you also love his work, and I love how he talks about the old story, which is about you know, separation and domination and control, and the, the new story of interdependence and interbeing and uh, compassion and more heart-centered ways of being. And so how do we set up systems in ways that we are incentivizing the collective good, that where people are acting in their own best interest and also everyone else's best interest, so that we're not pushing them or requiring or controlling them to behave certain ways or using the, you know, the, the stick, you know, how do we use the carrot uh, in the way that we are modeling mm -hmm. communities? Uh, and so this is, you know, for me, helping me kind of look at the, the heart-centeredness that we want to encourage and, and also like the structuring and ways that we use process and, and organization to kind of move us in that direction. Like mm -hmm. how do we actually set it up from the beginning? And, you know, there's a lot around like play and, and games. I've always been really intrigued by gamification. You know, even back in the, when I remember hearing about this when I went to South by Southwest many years ago and how it's used in teams and organizations to drive behavior change. And it's because the brain responds to that. The reasons games are so enjoyable and sometimes addictive is because they have these certain elements. You get a reward for certain behaviors. You know, you, you're kind of like working with, you know, there's a group there that you're, being compared to or like part of, you know, right. there's a group sense there. You yeah, feel you feel like belonging. belonging. Yeah. yeah. So. Which is also how they weave us into social media and actually, mm. you know, control, use that as well as a sort of controlling way of getting people hooked, right? There's a, that different way, works both right. ways. So using that in a positive way yeah. is, a, is a really powerful thing because think of people acting because they want to, not because they have to, mm -hmm. you know, not because there's a punishment but because there's a reward and a healthy reward. Yeah. And, well, and not because there's a fear and it's like, oh, it's the end of the world or this is crumbling or now I have to act from that sort of uh, space of despair, but actually just how can I show up like this as, as a natural state of being? Right. right. Yeah, so how, how do we help nurture systems like this in an organic way, mm -hmm. like in a co-creative, collaborative way where we're encouraging everyone to act on their, on their own best interest and in the best interest of right. everyone else. And what did you come up with? I'm curious. How do you see it? Well, you know, it's an interesting thing because coming from, like at smaller scale, it's easy to conceive of these things. And to be in, you know, smaller communities, you can see how it's easier to kind of share of or be, you know, coming from the heart or communicating, yeah. being transparent, all of this. Uh, and some of these things get more difficult at scale, of course. Um, and in some ways, I kind of decided to table that in my own mind and explore like the microcosms that I'm within. And so for me, it was like as I was having these questions in my mind, and for me, sometimes there's more questions than there are answers. You know, the questions can be really guiding. You know, I was noticing how things were unfolding in in my own backyard, like having having gatherings and just seeing how there's a certain field that gets created through intention and through the way that the field is set up and the way that people are behaving within that becomes a kind of self-organizing principle. Right. Like given the right, you, you can actually foster certain dynamics within a group where you don't have to explicitly make rules or set, say you can do this and you can't do that. And, and it's a felt thing. And I love this because it goes beyond the sort of, you know, you see this a lot like on Facebook or social media where people will just kind of jump into 
going back and forth with their right. views. And I've never really liked being part of those and kind of just not gone there and really have enjoyed exploring for myself, you know, just as an, in an experimental way of like, what is it like to just really work almost more in a more energetic way mm -hmm. to just be and especially when I'm organizing an event or something, or I'm the one creating the, the group or the field or the community to do it the way that feels right to me. And it's, it's like my whole journey has instilled in me certain experiences and, and kind of crystallized my values. And I start to see that then when I create experiences and, and groups or be part of creating that, that that starts to reflect it just through the, the presence exactly. and the, Intention. The, yeah, the intention and the presence and the kind of, it infuses the entire field. Right. And you start to see that it just flows in that direction. I know that's a very small example in, no, in the answer example. to a big I, question. No, no, but I love, yeah. that. I love that example because actually it feeds into a conversation we had before because you, when we met, you were talking about where you arrived here, you was pretty much on your own. You come out of that community and we were talking about, you know, how can we make a difference or how can you how can you show up because that's what you wanted to do and then I said to you you are showing up and then you happen to actually um, rent a space you know which which had the capacity to hold a space for people to gather mm -hmm. right and then that that opened up so in essence that sort of microcosm happened because you and we I was a part of it sometimes and created that little community vibe that little intentional space Right, which was very supportive, very nurturing, and um, and actually again highlighted what you're talking about. So, so you, I love again. I'm going to quote Charles Eisenstein, but if many people talk about this sort of morphogenic field and how you know often we look out in the world and we see people online and we're we're like, oh, they're doing so great, or he's helping so many people, or this person's doing this because we get to see it, right? And Charles always points to the yeah. fact that the, the, the guy in his garden with his little permaculture garden, you know, and doesn't have any following, doesn't, doesn't use social media, but shows up every day, goes into the garden and has this, you know, relationship with the land and, and with life is contributing just as much as the person over there with 100,000 people that are supposedly following them and listening to them and so on. That's, yeah. that's the level of resonance that can happen when we're, when we're in that field. And, yeah. and I think that that actually, for me, it always brings a sense of empowerment because otherwise, if we only focus on, ah, what can I do or I don't make a difference or what, what I'm thinking and feeling doesn't actually, you know, impact anyone because I don't have people to follow to, follow, following me. And I always say, well, that's where the power of truth comes in. That's where the power of speaking what mm. is really inside of you and just allowing that out. Through doing that, you contribute to the whole. Absolutely. It, even if you're not speaking your truth, even mm. if you're full of fear and you're lying all the time, mm. you're contributing to the whole. That's your, mm. that's your offering. So I don't know if that makes sense. But so for me, that, that idea of, I think there's a book called, wasn't it called The, the, little, the little Big Things or something, something around this idea of, you know, small is beautiful. Hmm. The, the the little things are the big things. You know, this yeah. idea that sometimes we can get almost what's that what's that word where you get stuck? You don't hmm. move. You know, you can you can not move when you look at it too big. Hmm. Paralyzed, right? Yeah. Paralyzed. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. In one sense, like there, there's so much on the energetic levels that we don't really understand necessarily, or we're just beginning to understand, mm. but that we're each 
you know, emitting a frequency. We're each, you know, we are, as you're saying, you know, contributing to, to the story, even if we don't think we are, even if we're not taking conscious ownership of that, we right. are. Right. And when we're in, you know, I, I, it's such a beautiful thing that each of us is designed differently and are on a different path and to like really fully express who we are. You know, and I love Charles also gives an example of like the grandmother caring for the small child and how super valuable that is and like how that may play into like a whole ripple effect that that has an incredible impact. Um, and so recognizing that whatever our story is, like to fully be us, to fully be who we are and to walk our path and to kind of walk, you know, through whatever the challenges are and embracing those gifts and and putting that out with as much coherence as we can is like having a huge impact that we may not know, you know, we, and it's to really follow. I think, you know, one of the big things on my journey that I've, you know, kind of felt was this, this need for us to reconnect, reconnect to ourselves first and foremost, to really be able to like feel this incredible instrument. We have this incredible navigational instrument, but in many ways society might distract us from it through, you know, distractions in media or medications or, you know, just even indulgences that kind of take us away from being able to really feel these signals that our body is always giving us, our, our bodies, our minds, you know, there's so much wisdom here. So reconnecting to that mm. and then reconnecting to other people, like be, you know, there's so much that we wouldn't have to sort of codify into rules and laws if we could really feel each other and mm. we're connected I mean, imagine it, it would be so much harder for me to hurt you if I'm really feeling you. Exactly. You know, there's, if we're recognizing and feeling that connection, that goes so far to heal things that you can, you know, get into so many tangles and stuff trying to control through external forces. Exactly. So that reconnection there and then reconnecting to the natural world, to the environment around us, like feeling and sensing, like how could we, would we really be, hurting the world in in the ways that have happened if we're really feeling it so exactly. so coming back to this kind of reconnection you know internally externally yeah. you know was something that was really profound for me on my journey and that felt like there's a way of kind of activating us as humans through right. this reconnection you know kind of transformation from the inside out instead exactly. of starting out here and I need to change this and I need exactly. to do that it's like it's just being able to feel right and, and tap into that guidance and feel each other and, and move from a space of so much deeper wisdom and, and sensitivity and compassion. Like compassion is the natural mm -hmm. response of truly feeling, truly seeing ourselves in each other. Right. Wow. That was mm. just a beautiful transmission. <laughs> I welcome. As you were speaking before, I was, I, I know we were, again, we were sort of outside and I was like, you know, this, 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 as I hear you talking about your journey, your story, Again, I hear this call back to self-love. I use that term a lot. And, and I know it's probably for many listening, it might, for some of you, it might be cliched now because you might have heard it so many times. But as Susan just um, poetically and beautifully described it, is this, this, you know, until we go inside, we can't actually connect with the, the outer world properly. Mm. Until we really come here, because we're all interconnected, until we really feel, as you beautifully described, mm. how can we even know what's, what, what somebody else is feeling? How can we even know? And when it comes to love, how we, and this might be a nice little topic for you and I as well, just to touch on, is that this idea of in relationship, you know, we're all in relationship. And then we go out there looking for love, looking for the partner, looking for the, 
the, the connections, of course, that's where we grow, that's where we mm. get the challenges, where we learn about ourselves. And often we haven't come here first. We, so we sort of do it backwards, right? We go out, 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 and mm. we realize, oh, we've got to come back. Then when we come back and reconnect, it's like, oh, now I can go out and maybe a little bit more aligned to what I really want. Maybe, okay, so I might not, I might not choose that person or I might not go there because now I'm, I'm not feeling like I need to be anyone or, or be something mm. in order to love myself. I can actually show up. And yesterday I did a video to talk about this. You know, you cannot control an awakened civilization. Mm. You, there, there is no need to control in a state of love, right? It's, mm. it's not. It's no need whatsoever. It's only in a state of fear and a state of, you know, uh, power over that we need to start to control everything because everybody's feeling like they're being attacked. Everyone feels like they're losing something. Mm. There's this sense of anxiety and fear, as you pointed to earlier. So then in those places, we feel protected, right? Yeah. And when we feel protected, we have to protect ourselves and our, our things. And we have to make sure that somebody else is not going to come and get us. So the minute we start to love ourselves and, and break beyond that conditioning, all of a sudden the whole of life is there to be experienced. We do, loneliness can fall away yeah. because it's a concept of somebody who's in fear of, you know, not being and so on. Yeah. So for me, I know it sounds sometimes maybe, maybe a little far out because I'm a kind of raging optimist, but... If we really want to see the world change, we have, each of us have to go inside. Because mm. if we go inside and change that inside, naturally, this is, this is the power, yeah. right? This, and this is, you know, I get excited when I say this because this is how those that feel disempowered, like they can't help, actually are far more power than, powerful than they can imagine because bear with themselves and this is where mm. you can actually do work. Yeah, it's like be the change that you wish to see right. in the world because in a sense we're all projecting reality out there. You know, life is mirroring to us and I feel like, you know, the more work that I've done, the more that I see that what I'm drawing in is is just mirroring to me what who I am or what is it that's coming up for me, you know, like and it's a it's a complex thing to understand but just to observe that and to see like what's showing up in my reality. And every time I want to point the finger out there to, to realize I have to come back here. And it's, it's a, you know, it's almost a meditation. It's a practice to do that because it's so tempting to like be out here and, exactly. and be like, no, well, if that was different or no, it's that person. And, you know, even as much as I have the awareness to, to like recognize that every time it comes up and to cultivate, you know, gentleness with myself in that process as well. And to keep dropping, I think another thing that happens particularly in, like the business setting or the Western world a lot is a very, you know, intellectual approach to life and really kind of favoring the mind, you know, and, and kind of finding safety in the mind and kind of relating from that space. But to drop more into this heart space where, which feels so vulnerable, but then in a sense, that's actually where the real power is, you know, because when you're really full in your own beingness, it's like you are radiating outward and there's no room for these things to come in and 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 hurt you when you're fully mm -hmm. like expressing and i think we we can see this in different people who you know you can see it in somebody's posture or, or their you know you can see when their energy field is retracted and how that kind of can relate to a feeling of vulnerability or fear and then you can see it when someone's coming into a room and really just radiating and they are setting the tone and they are pushing their you know their energy is not, I don't want to say pushing, but it's radiating outward and it's actually it's kind of creating their reality in a very, you know, 
you know, oftentimes beautiful way. You know, if it's a very heart-centered, energy-filled space, it can be something that, you know, infuses and, and touches others and as well and, and, and can model, you know, in a beautiful way what that looks like. But just to be so full with, the, with your own energy that it's like a, you know, a full expression and a full heartful mm. um, kind of transmission that comes out of that. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I see... Yeah, I see how we've we, we've weaved into that space. So maybe maybe for those listening, like, would you share like a couple of? Because you you spoke about earlier a few moments where you you sort of had a vision to you know to go out to go look in, and then you kept being brought back to yourself to look mm. at what you needed to heal and 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 face within yourself. And is in this moment, is there anything mm. that pops up that's like a real a few moments where you're like, wow, yeah. you know, this this really brought this whether it be an interaction you had or an experience yeah. or, or so on like where was you pointed to to really look inside mm. and, and heal you know I noticed for myself this comes up a lot in relationship um you know all kinds of relationship but I think the ones that are always the most interesting are the romantic relationships so I've you know I notice when part when a partner comes into my life it's the things I'm complaining about or that I'm like or, or that are kind of bringing challenge to my life there's a tendency to want to say oh well that's his thing he's doing this to me and if he you know to kind of like analyze and diagnose what's why you know if he could just do all these things better everything would be great (laughs) (laughs) but then to really see and go into like how beautifully it's a lot of times like mirroring I'm like oh wow when have I been doing that how am I doing that that thing that I'm complaining about and to the point where I would say like in the most recent partnership that I had it was almost like he almost became ephemeral it it was almost like is he real or not it was it really brought me back to myself in a very powerful way like anytime I would try to go there it would be like life would just bounce me right back like it was such a perfect mirror that it was like I couldn't even stick it to him anymore it was just coming back to me because also your level of awareness of the mirror because the mirror is powerful right we hear hear it spoken about many times and most people like to avoid that but you know everything is a mirror right that's the whole point but like when you actually have these direct experiences where you know you're seeing it like that and then you're you know you're having a a direct experience not just the head yeah super powerful yeah and what came up with this partner in particular like to just give a specific example was like oh I'm wanting him to spend more time with me, you know, and like, you know, it's kind of pulling for more presence. And I noticed it was like, well, am I being present to me? Like, can't do, am I choosing me? Like, am I choosing mm-hmm. myself and, and wanting to spend time with myself and, and noticing I was kind of pulling on this person to do that. And each of these things that would come up, I would kind of be able to really look deeply into how do I offer this to myself and be fully embodying this for myself so that in a sense, it doesn't matter as much what he's doing or not doing. You know, it's, I'm not requiring this person to fulfill this, yeah. this, this thing for me. Yeah. 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 So, so partnership in essence, I mean, I think everyone, everyone in this space and in our, in, in our sort of community space agrees on that. So, you know, we're probably quite biased, but I feel that it's only in relationship 
you know, the, the intimate relationship. Friends, friends are great, but friends are very accommodating, you know. They're like, you know, I love you anyway, no matter what, you know. It's like, it's all there, which is beautiful. It's an un, a sort of unconditional vibe. But, but I think that when we go into an intimate relationship, when we have to get in there with the burps, the farts and everything else that comes up, you know, and the warts and the reflections and the triggers and so on, that's where it gets really juicy right that's where we yeah. can do some real work and that's actually the beautiful thing is is that's where we get to truly see ourselves and sort of coming full circle when you said that you started going to retreats and events and workshops and that's obviously what we offer as well we're actually creating a container i always say this of mirrors hmm. like i often say at the beginning of a retreat welcome to the retreat you have however many people in the room this number of mirrors to yeah. see yourself for the next seven days, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, <laughs> and know? everyone's going to have a very different experience. Like exactly. it's one container, and there's going to be so many different angles right. on it, so many different experiences of yeah. it. Mm. <sighs> yeah. How are you feeling? Good. Yes. Yeah, energized. You know what I always say? Good's not a feeling. <laughs> Good means approval. Fabulous. Fabulously. You're feeling relaxed. I am feeling fabulously energized and relaxed at the same time. Yeah. And do you feel like we, we come together to create a, a talk, a space that may inspire? I always say may because we never know. And is there anything that you feel for anyone listening that you would share that maybe, maybe they're if then, then their heart's not open so much right now, or maybe they're in a situation where they want to make that step, you know? And I know you said that at times it was scary, but is there anything alive in that you feel that, you know, at this mm. moment in time, you and I have met each other in Bali, mm. we've come together, we have some similar uh, views and some similar values, and, mm. you know, we want to support others to shine mm. and... Yeah, what's alive in you? Is there anything you'd like to share? Hmm. I actually loved what you shared with me the other day about continually setting intentions, like just tossing them out there throughout the day. You just passed along something, and I've been kind of playing with that, and it's actually been super powerful. I'm like, I don't know if it's planetary alignment or what it was, but, like, <laughs> things have just been kind of happening in really exciting ways for me. Um, but, yeah, it's like set intentions and then, like, relaxing. To relax is like a really powerful thing and and one edge I'm kind of leaning into in my own life is just to play more and celebrate more like play you know I can comes up with his yeah keeps like up. I can really get serious about these things and like setting goals and like doing better and you know I kind of when I left the career I very consciously stopped doing that and like set down the, the really pushing striving like recognizing that was something I wanted to look at was my relationship to pushing in life and, and trying so hard. And I've really consciously leaned into more relaxation and more play and more celebration. Love that. So yeah, like setting these intentions and then finding ways and surrounding myself with people and things that encourage me and uplift me to, mm. to just be like in the state of being that's, that's like naturally going to generate more of that, like mm. to just be in a lighter space so that I'm going to be attracting the mm. things that I want instead of like, you know, yes. It's got to yes. forehead. And, yes. <laughs> and I, got, I, got, I got tingles over my whole body. And as we know, Eric's behind the camera. And, and nearly 
nearly every conversation I've had on this new series of Simon Transparently has come to play. Hmm. Philip Shepard was like radical wholeness and it was the journey hmm. back to play. Darpan was, I mean, you hmm. listen to that one, I think, but Darpan was all about like, you know, divine play, uh, you know, uh, participate in the divine ecstasy of creation. Hmm. Um, Chris Assad was the musician we ended mm-hmm. up talking about play. Brian, uh, Brian Pierglossi hmm. was all about like fun, play is the way, hmm. innocence, excellence, yeah. you know. And, and actually, that's a really key point because... If, if I have a dream, the dream is that we awaken to that divine play, right? That, mm. that would be it, right? And when I look in the world, when I see the flowers, when I see the color, when I see, you know, the dragonflies and the birds and everything, I see it all playing, right? Mm. Or even, even when I, you know, of course, everything's happening to, in the symbiosis to support everything else. And even in that, we're all playing with each other, right? Yeah. Even, even the ants, even the mosquitoes yeah. that, that irritate me, we're playing, <laughs> yeah? And so, so my dream, sometimes I point out this idea if we go full circle, right? We go on this sort of the alchemist journey and we come full circle. And where do we come back to? Even as we get in our old age, you often see old people, they start mm. to not give a damn, right? You know mm. that vibe. They just start like laughing. They start <laughs> acting like children again. You know, there's sort of that idea of like where they just don't give a shit anymore. But there's yeah. also this idea in Buddhism as well, right? It's the child mind. Mm. You know, when we when we access that state of the cosmic joke, we access that state of realizing it's all just a, a game. It's all yeah. just a play. Then we come into this playful state of being. And then we, it's not like we just give up and like, oh, it's all a game. Who wants to play? It's like, ah, I want to play this game. I want to play this game. Mm. And that brings me um, around to pleasure, right? Mm. Play, sure. Uh, You know, one of the things we talk to a lot of people about is coming back to playing with ourselves, literally, even with our genitals, with our body, Mm. playing with ourselves, right? And then when we play with ourselves, we play with life. We play Mm -hmm. with everyone else, right? Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. It's like (laughs) these ideas of timelines and goals and objectives. It's like... This is just life. Yeah, you look at nature. It just does its thing. Like right. there's just, in children and animals, like there's just a, a mindlessness almost of mm. just like, it, you know, like Osho is all about this, like dropping out of the mind and just like being in the body and, and, and recapturing that, you know, connection to play, which sometimes, you know, there can even be a little resistance to that. Like, and it's, you know, interesting to explore that, but you know, how, how good it feels to like go into that and mm. cultivate that and stoke that fire. And the freedom of that. Yeah. I love what you just said. That might be the title of this one. We shall see. Recapturing. You, what did you say? Do you remember? It just came through. Recapturing the essence of play or something like that. Beautiful. Mm. We'll go back in here. <laughs> okay, so what's your dream? If you have a dream right now, we're going to end on your dream. If you, you know, as Martin Luther King, he, he didn't say I have a plan. <laughs> is it? He said I have a dream, mm. right? What would be your dream? Because I'm really about this, the power mm. of intention, as you said, and, and the, the power that we are as dream makers within the dream mm. right that's beautiful so what's mm. what, what, what's your juicy dream my well juicy is a good word yeah my dream is that you know i see this kind of community of people who are you know i kind of have this template from from the experiences that i've gone through festivals and things like this beautiful coming together of people who each have such uniqueness and gifts and they're coming together in this spirit of like lightness and playfulness and and love and like that there's this is just expanding outward and outward and outward where it's not even like a structure like this is how it's going to operate you know the new paradigm but like this vision of groups coming together where it's it's not 
like separated little nuclear pods, but like there's just this beautiful, organic, flowing, interweaving of, of people and, and like just so much joy and going beyond the kind of things that we see now, like even, and it's so utopian, but like going beyond go, money go, go. and going beyond no like, limits. no limits. Like what if we, I don't, I don't even, like what if we didn't have to eat? Like just playing with these ideas of, you know, like a community that's not all about like subsistence and it's not just about like fighting to stay alive, but like where we were just in a state of constant exploration and creation and celebration together mm. in, and like beauty, like beauty everywhere, like the beauty of nature, the beauty of like truly seeing with the eyes of the heart, seeing each other and seeing this world and seeing ourselves with love. And like seeing what that would, con you know, like opening these fractal after fractal after fractal of like beauty and mystery and like dropping this, you know, like the old story has kind of fallen away, which here in Bali, it's kind of fun to be able to do that. Right. To like actually be in a place that's outside in some ways, the kind of matrix and yes. getting to see what it's like where it's a very inspirited culture mm. where there's spirit and energy is very much part of things here and there's beauty and nature everywhere yes. so to really you know i have this vision of seeing that unfold more and more yes. where it's people are in this present moment and just delighting in it delighting in it playing in it creating in it mm. Mm. <laughs> nice you are the garden of delight. <laughs> you remember? That was the, the name. garden that, of delight. That was the name of your, your garden. Beautiful. How mm. about that for everybody out there? I hope you've enjoyed this beautiful dance that we've been on. We met in the dance, so it feels nice that we came together <laughs> to converse in dance. And I love, really, really love, and I hope you are, uh, those listening and watching, I hope you're inspired by this idea mm. that this heaven that many people want to create, this dance, this joy, this beauty, it is right here, right now. Mm. And the only thing that brings it through is us and our intention to say yes to that. Mm. Woo! Tingles. We are the dreamers. Let's dream this into existence. And the way we do that is by mm. speak it, by live it, by preach it, by share it. And let's spread it because you know what? Mm. It's already here. It's just waiting for us to mm. jump in and play. <laughs> and sing and dance it. Yes. <laughs> let's have a hug because you know that's how I like to end. Woo. This is our time to rise.